comes the Here comes the Y'all don't really worry like Welcome to season two of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman. The song you just heard is Here Comes the Boom by Nelly. And it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Boone McDermott. So Boone is from Dubuque, Iowa and wrestled for Dubuque Wallert. After having success on the youth circuit, Boone actually quit wrestling briefly during the middle school years. He went back out in high school and finished third as a junior and first as a senior. Out of high school, Boone went to Iowa Central Community College at JUCO and proceeded to dominate his way to a national title. Boone transferred to Rutgers University and quickly became a fan favorite. Heading into his final year of eligibility, Boone made the decision to transfer to Oregon State University and compete for the Beavers. And you know what? There's no doubt that he'll become a fan favorite pretty quickly over there, too. So uh, with that being said, please sit back, relax, and enjoy Boone McDermott. Where are you training at? Um, kind of just all over the place right now, you know, been off the mat for a little bit more, just, uh, healing from last year's injuries and, you know, really making sure I'm ready to make a run at it this year. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you mean all over? Like where, where is all over? Um, yeah. So I've been, been traveling, was down in Louisiana for a little bit, um, doing a, doing a camp for a longtime friend, John Aurelian down there. He uh, is the head coach of Jesuit. Um, they're pretty good. So I went down there and did a training camp for those guys. And, um, you know, I've been doing camps in and out, um, of the whole summer. So every chance I get, I'm rolling with guys. So, yeah. Nice. Louisiana. That's a, that's a different area for wrestling. Yeah. You know, it's not super prominent down there. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm one of my former teammates, um, in high school, Josh Ramirez that came up yeah. and won his four state yeah. title. That's where he was from. Um, so I was fortunate enough to have a good connection down there. And, um, you know, John, John, John Aurelian's one of my longtime good friends now. So it's a really cool arrangement. Yeah. And so, um, did you go anywhere else this summer or was that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been everywhere. I've been there, been Jersey, Illinois, Indiana, just all over the place, just doing camps and, um, teaching and getting a little scrapping in here and there. Yeah. How are you doing that while you're trying to heal? Um, not going super hard, (laughs) just, just doing enough to, to, you know, not completely lose my magic, but, um, you know, just keeping, it's like a good, a good pacemaker. Right. So see how I'm feeling, see what areas kind of are still hurting me and, you know, make adjustments in that moment and start training those things to get them healthier. Yeah. So when did, you know, I guess focusing more on you, like when did, when did you start wrestling? Uh, yeah. So I actually got into wrestling in fourth grade. Um, Mm -hmm. I was just a wild child, right? So (laughs) ADHD off the walls and, you know, my parents just needed something for me to quit getting into trouble. And, um, there was a local program that my older brother was at for high school. And so we started giving it a try and I just had this, raw untapped potential in it where I just kind of understood it right away. And, um, it was a great thing to kind of get my energy shifted towards something positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are you related to the Mc, like the McDermott's like Greg McDermott and Doug McDermott by chance? I, I think so. Probably by some way of relation, um, yeah. you know, all the McDermott's are in one way or another related. So <laughs> 
<laughs> so what about other sports? Yeah, um, you know, I grew up, um, I was on the youth pro circuit in motocross. Um, oh, really? Yep. Prior to wrestling and me and my brother were awesome at that. And, um, my parents were both golden glove champs in Iowa and boxing. So I always was around that. And those are kind of really the only things I really got into, you know, I, I got pretty good at wrestling pretty quick and, uh, you know, my dad didn't want me getting hurt playing football and I used to not be a big guy too. So it wasn't like a super push towards doing another sport, um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like, Hey, we're really good at this one. Let's get even better. Yeah. Motocross, huh? Yep. And boxing too. Did did you box then? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, nothing, nothing official wise, but you know, yeah. grew up doing it my whole life and, um, you know, it makes me feel pretty comfortable in any setting if I'm being honest. <laughs> Yeah. Um, are you always, have you always been from Dubuque? Uh, yeah. So right around that area, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I grew up probably five minutes out of town and then moved out to Piasta, which is more West Dubuque and then ended up back in Dubuque, uh, for high school. Yeah. And then how'd you end up at, at Wallard? Because that's the Catholic school. Yeah. So did you have to open and roll into that one? Yeah. So I had, uh, Growing up in the area, you know, a lot of people that I wrestled with kind of were at there and have been there lifelong. And I was actually pretty close to going to Beckman out in oh yeah, Dyersville. Dyersville. So uh we were actually there for probably the first week or two of school and things just didn't really kind of work out that way. And um we were blessed enough to have, you know, some some really good families associated with us that are like, Hey, like we can get you to wallet right now. Like we'd love to have you. And, um, you know, as a match made in heaven, it was awesome. Really? So you almost, you were this close, huh? To be in yeah. a blazer. Yeah. Just, she was close. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, what about your brother? Did you both, were you both at Beckman? For so that? I've got, uh, yeah. So my one older brother and I were for about a week, week and a half, two weeks, something like that. Um, and then I've got an oldest brother who is out of high school by that point. And then my little brother and little sister were kind of in that direction out, out in those middle schools and elementary schools. So um, it was a whole family shift, right? We all, all shifted. And when me and my older brother, Ike went to Wallert, uh, the little siblings, you know, went to the, the connecting schools in the Holy family system. Yeah. Yeah. So when did the love of wrestling, you know, start to form? Yeah, you know, uh, probably was right after my first year of kind of getting through it, right? So that first year I started wrestling, we were just kind of going to the local club and, you know, doing a few tournaments, you know, gymnasium tournaments here and there. And, yeah, um, you know, slowly I started to get better at it and understand it really easily. Um, and it would probably be in my second year. We, we started going down to young guns with Eric Jurgens yeah. and uh, immediately fell in love with just the ability to continue getting better and wrestle with these top guys and, and win, you know, all, all through my life, our whole family has just been obsessed with winning and whatever we do. Um, mm. And so wrestling was a really unique opportunity where, you know, there's no, you can't, there's no shift to blame other than anyone you're on yourself. And I think that's kind of why I loved it so much was the fact that like at the end of the day, it's me versus this guy who worked harder. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So probably my second year, right in the middle of my second year wrestling is kind of when um, for me, it was like, yeah, this is something I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. Did, did your, any other siblings wrestle like your older brothers? Did they, they do it? 
yeah, so they all wrestled in high school and, you know, little brother and little sister in middle school and then little brother in uh, high school as well. And then now my little sister wrestles in high school um, and she's turning into quite quite the mini me, which is pretty cool. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, we all we all kind of dabbled in it. Um, I was fortunate enough to really get it and it really clicked and resonated with me. So um, I was the only one to do it past high school. Mm hmm. Yeah. So, um, when did you start having, you said you, excuse me, you said you had success right away. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So, uh, you know, my first tournament, we had only went to probably two practices. Um, and I, I won the first tournament I wrestled in, you know, I went three and oh, um, yeah. it was the, the North Scott tournament, the <laughs> North Scott Lancers tournament. And, uh, you know, like immediately, I had this drive that I wanted to keep winning. And, and it was funny. Cause like a month later I went to another tournament and got the crap beat out of me, my max lion, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah. Holy, Holy moly. You know, like I got, yeah. I got a lot of, uh, I got a lot of ground to cover here. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it went really well for the first few years. Um, you know, I, at one point in time, I think in sixth grade, fifth and sixth grade, um, I was ranked number one in the nation. Um, wow. I was winning everything, you know, everything that I could win anyway, and then came across some injuries and some family troubles and ended up actually taking a couple, like two and a half year break from wrestling prior to high school. Really? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was, it was probably good. I, I was pushing myself and, you know, my family was pushing me pretty hard and I don't want to say I was getting burnt out, but it was like, at that time when I was already number one, it was like hard to look forward to a next thing. Cause there wasn't a next thing yet. Cause I was still so young. Mm -hmm. um, so it was honestly probably a much needed break. Um, I never regret taking that break. There was a lot going on in my life that required me to, to take some time off and some injuries. So it was, it, it worked out in the end, obviously, but um, yeah, that's something most people don't know. Wow. So you took a two and a half year break. What, what, what did you do during that time then? became a normal person, dude, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just with all the things that were happening in my life, um, mm -hmm. you know, family things and, you know, injury wise, it was just kind of day by day. And I never ended up really wanting to wrestle. And then I, I tore at, in my eighth grade year, I was going to Drexler middle school out in West Dubuque. And I joined the middle school team and was wrestling for like about a month. And, um, then we, you know, came up on some more issues with one of the, one of the wrestling coaches there and, uh, you know, stopped that immediately and then kind of just kicked it off until high school. Yeah. Did you, so was there a period of time during that two year hiatus where you were like, you know, I don't think I'll ever wrestle again, or did you always kind of know in the back of your mind, you would, you'd find your way back? Uh, yeah. I mean, I kind of knew that like, at first I was kind of like, you know, this is, this is something that I really love doing, but it's just not going to work out right now. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I always kind of set my sights like, all right, you know, no matter what I'm going to wrestle in high school, like, that's just what I have to do. Like mm -hmm. that was a, a personal thing for me and everyone around me was, you know, no matter what, I'll let the bare minimum start wrestling in high school again. Mm -hmm. What was that? What was that like? Were, were you, were you excited? Were you happy to be back? Like, uh, did you have to learn to almost like love it again in a way? Yeah, kind of, you know, it was, it was 
a tough road starting out. I was a very awkward freshman. I had hadn't hit yet hit puberty, so I was you know five three, hundred and twenty six pounds, just mm-hmm. lengthy and skinny, and um, you know it slowly started to come back. It was a very slow road, and there were some tight spots in there where I I really was like, hey man, I don't know if I want to really do this anymore, but. Um, you know, I was blessed to have a great support system in my life and a lot of people around me who just kept chipping away that, that hate, you know, that doubt and that, that hatred towards the hard work and, um, eventually started to get my stuff back together and start to really make a, make a change in my life. Yeah. I mean, that, that would be tough, you know, when you're having all this success when you're young and, um, you, you step away and then when you come back, you don't find that same success right away. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was tough. You know, it was something that, uh, I struggled pretty, pretty bad with, you know, when, when you're used to being the guy and then you're no longer even close to the guy, it's like, well, how am I supposed to catch up? And, you know, for many people who don't know me, like at the end of my freshman year, my mother passed away and, you know, that was, I took that really hard. And, you know, just a couple months after she passed, I actually went to J Rob. And I did a J-Rob camp just a couple months after. And it was like, you know, my sophomore year just didn't, I just wasn't locked in. Right. I was still being pouty about everything in my life that was going on. And, um, you know, family wise, I was, I was just trying to be there for my family. I wasn't really in tune with school mm-hmm. and I wasn't doing my homework or going to school much, much of that even. And um, I kind of, I kind of jerked off my sophomore year and really didn't put in my time or effort. Um, and it showed, you know, I didn't even make it to districts my sophomore year. And then uh, once that season finished up, I I stopped being a baby and I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to make a change. Like I'm way too, I know I'm way too good to, to be holding myself at this level that I was at. And uh, it was fortunate enough too, that I started to hit puberty at that time. And um, started lifting weights and finding a love for lifting weights and got the opportunity to wrestle overseas that summer. And, um, you know, just skyrocketed from there. Yeah. When did, what made you sort of, do you recall that point that you turned the corner where you started like, okay, you know what? I, I need to start putting in more effort. I need to become more disciplined. Yeah. You know, it was, it was at first, after I lost that sectionals and for the second time and didn't make it out to districts, I was, I was pretty hurt. I was just kind of didn't hit me yet. And then, you know, state came around and everyone's like, Oh, you're going to state, you're going to state. And I was like, no, they're like, why not? Because I had an okay record. Like I probably more than deserved to go to state. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I just, uh, (laughs) <laughs> I just, I just got home. I remember state finished and I was home and I was just sitting in my room one day and I was just, I was so mad at, at everyone in the world and at everything. And, and then I was like, man, this sport is not about everyone else. It's about me, you know? And I, I was like, I, I'm mad at myself more than anything. Um, and the next week I started lifting twice a day and, you know, eating, five, six times a day and just really, really like put it in my head. Like I can do something great. Wow. Yeah. And what, what made you believe that, you know, cause it's easy to say it, but like to believe that you could be something great. Yeah. Um, 
you know, by the time I got out to, I went to London, Bulgaria that summer, I, I had put on some size, you know, I was probably up, up about 180 ish from, you know, 52 pounder and, um, grew a few inches and was just like lifting heavy and, uh, you know, kind of wrestling here and there, not a whole lot. And then I went overseas and, you know, I'm beating these kids that are like pretty good that are, you know, their age level, you know, world team members and stuff like that. And I'm like, how am I beating these kids? You know, I just, and then when we got back, I, I was doing these camps. Um, my high school coach does runs them. They're called iron sharpens iron team camps and they're awesome. Right. They, I did every camp every summer was getting about 60 matches a summer through these camps. And it's like, the opportunity to go overseas, test my abilities, realize how good I am, you know, now that I'm, I'm actually doing the right things the right way, um, really stuck out to me. And I came back and started doing these camps and was just crushing it. Right. My confidence was just through the roof. Um, and it just didn't slow down at all. Wow. How did you end up with this opportunity to go overseas? I mean, you just, you just talked about how you didn't even make it out of sectionals. And now all of a sudden, you know, a few months later, you're in Bulgaria. Yeah. So I had, um, there was a, a former alumni who was the international liaison for USA wrestling for a long time, uh, Will Kelly. Yeah. And he was prolific in Iowa in wrestling high school and college. Um, and he was back in town and our coach started talking to him and he had some, some connections over there. And one thing led to another and I was, we took a few guys over and, um, you know, had a, had a blast. It was awesome. Wow. What an opportunity. Like did that, was that about, I think you may have mentioned that before. Was that about the time where you started to like, all right, I'm, I'm better than I think I am, you know, where the confidence, like you just said, skyrocketed. Yeah. So, uh, it was, it would probably have been right when I was over there, you know, I had, uh, I had started to really, grind down and and do a lot of hard work and um you know it it showed it transitioned really well i got over there and i was wrestling a kid who um i believe made their national team and we wrestled you know matches over there and uh i had a really good match i didn't win but it was like a one point match and mm-hmm. it was like it was a nail biter and mm-hmm. after i got off the mat i wasn't even upset you know i was like wow man like i just took this kid to the last second of this match. Like this has got to be a, you know, this is it. Like I'm, I'm here, I can do this. And I didn't slow down. Right. That was the big thing is some guys will go do these extraordinary things and then they'll have that breakthrough, but then they won't take full advantage. And that was something I did immediately was take full advantage of, of the position I was in mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, then it almost seemed like, it wasn't a coming out party. It was a coming back party. Like, Hey, I'm back. You know, I'm back, baby. I, I was, you know, in fifth and sixth grade, I was on top of the world. Um, you may have knocked me down, but here I am. I'm exactly. Back. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I went into my junior year. I think I only had about five losses, mm-hmm. um, you know, to all guys who are, I think a couple were to Max Lyon and a couple were to Tyrell Gordon, like guys who are, yeah. division one guys. And so, um, I had a good year. I lost, I ended up tech or tech pinning the two, three, four, and five at state. Um, I lost in the number one chase Schultz, who was a, you know, 
four-time finalist, three-time champ, yeah. stud of a wrestler. And, um, you know, I was, it sucked, but got third at state. Like after I got third at state, my junior year, given that I was just happy going to state and the way I did it too, how dominating it was, I was just thrilled. You know, I was like, oh yeah, like <laughs> I'm back. Like, let's see how high we can take this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was it like jumping, jumping the weight classes? You said you were at 126, 152. Now you're at 182. I mean, did you just not cut weight or did you just, uh, I, I'm trying so, to, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, like I said, I didn't, I didn't really hit puberty until after my sophomore year of high school. Um, so, you know, I had a little baby growth spurt after my freshman year that kind of got me up up to 52, but I wasn't cutting a ton of weight. Like I was hard. To, I don't even know if I was cutting weight if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was still very, just, I, I looked like a child, you know, I was just mm-hmm. underdeveloped skinny and lengthy. And, um, but I hit, I hit the weights the right way. You know, I, I just every day, twice a day for just years, you know, and it, and it paid off. And by the time I hit my senior year, I was a two twenty, a full two twenty pounder. And, um, <laughs> You know, it was awesome. I loved it. It was great. It gave me the ability to see and wrestle at every single weight class, you know, little guys, middle guys, upper middle guys, and then big guys. So it's like I've taken all the skills and all the experience from all those weight classes and just kind of like a cheat code, if I'm being honest. Yeah. How did you stay agile then moving these weight classes like you were? Uh, a lot of speed ladders. Really? A lot. Yeah. So um, that was a big thing I really struggled with as I, and I still struggle with it now, you know, it's, it's like, I'm up to about 260 right now. And it's like, that's a lot of weight to move fast. And so a lot of footwork drills and a lot of bike goes just to make sure my legs can handle that, that, you know, high intensity and high pace. Speed ladders, huh? So you were doing this even, how, how'd you come up with that as something that you need to keep working on? Uh, I showed up to practice after like our first duel this season, um, my junior year, it was like after the first duel and I beat a decent kid. I think he was ranked eight or ninth in the state and it was a good win, but I was just not moving my feet at all. And I showed up on Monday to practice and my coach goes, you're over there and you're doing speed ladders. <laughs> and ever since then, it's just a, it's a staple. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, how, how confident were you then going into your senior season at, at 220? Oh, I was, if confidence could kill my man, holy crap. <laughs> and it was just un unreplicable. You know, I was, I was so confident in the gains that I had made and the ability that I had. And, you know, it, it it allowed me to have a phenomenal year. You know, my only loss came to Daniel Kirkfleet, who's Daniel Kirkfleet, you know, mm-hmm. and so um, felt pretty good. I don't think anyone in my senior year scored a point on me in the state of Iowa. Um, I think the only points I actually gave up all year was to Daniel Kirkfleet, as far as offensive points goes. I think he took mm-hmm. me down. He took me down a lot. Like, yeah, took me down a lot. <laughs> but, um. And that was the year too. He had the three to two match against Gable. So he was in, you know, at his level as well. So um, I had that exposure to him, which was awesome because like a month later I wrestled Francis Dugan Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, 
Dugan was a big name, right? He was top five in the country, came to Iowa City West for his last year. And, um, you know, they had Nelson Brands. We had Josh Ramirez. So uh, that duel was insane. Craziest duel I ever had in high school. And, you know, it was uh, when I beat him there, I think I beat him six to zero. Um, That was kind of the turning point where I knew I was like better than anyone in Iowa, I guess you could say, like I knew my level was above the state level at that point. Um, You know, I actually ended up wrestling him two days later at uh, the conference tournament at MBCs and I pinned him in the finals. And it was just like life-changing when I beat him the first time, you know, I probably had 10, 12 D1 schools reaching out. And prior to that, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to Loris college at D3. Like I didn't, I didn't know. I got that win and then I beat him again. And I was just, there was no stopping me. There was just no chance. And then went to the state tournament, pinned my way through it. And like, we actually won a state title as a team of four guys that year. So that was pretty, that was pretty neat too. (laughs) Yeah. You and Josh Ramirez and who were the other two? Uh, Colton Bartow. He got second. And then uh, our heavyweight Blake Bradley got fourth. And thing was, is, I was the only one to pin my way fully through Um, Josh and Colton both pinned their way to the finals. Josh won in the finals, Colton lost. And then Blake got fourth, but every match he won, I'm pretty sure he pinned. So it was like (laughs) all the matches we won minus Josh's final match, we pinned through. And uh, I mean, it was nuts. You know, we were going against returning champs. Um, What's the school? Michael Blockus went there, Northampton. Yeah, New Hampton. Mm-hmm. New Hampton and yeah. Turkey Valley. They had like nine or ten. They had ten guys at the state tournament and had a a handful in the semis and just <sighs> fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> fell apart. That had to be just crazy. Like that's almost unheard of. Four four guys winning a state title as a team. Like that's just. Oh, I mean. And I want to say our coaches kind of brainwashed us into really believing we could do it, you know, because mm-hmm. at first we're like, they're like, oh, we could win the state tournament. We're like, yeah, whatever. Like we mm-hmm. have four, we have four guys. Like we're not, come on. And mm-hmm. then we pin our way through the first two rounds and we're like up there in points. Like we're at the top and we're like, hold up. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. We actually might be able to do this. And, you know, the semis, that's where, that's where we won it. You know, we all pinned in the semis and then, you know, Blake won his backside match and, and New Hampton kind of didn't do what they were supposed to do in the semis. And we won it after that. So once the semis were over, we had it locked. That's crazy. Yeah. You got it locked even. And, you know, people, people talk about it being contagious as an athlete. Is that is it really contagious to to watch your other other wrestlers, you know, teammates go out there and, and get a fall and get another fall and you're like, all right, shoot, it's my turn now. Like Oh yeah, definitely. And you know, at that time I knew for myself what I was gonna do. You know, mm-hmm. I knew I was gonna go out there and I knew I was gonna pin my way through that entire tournament. I had you know, you can go back and watch the interviews. I had zero doubt in my mind that I was going to bonus point my way through the whole tournament. Um, but it gives you, I don't know, your heart just fucking gets a little fire on it. You know, you start, <laughs> you start getting excited and every round we're pinning and pinning and pinning. And it's awesome for me because it's not like a duel where it's close and it's all in me. There's a lot of pressure. It was like, Hey, these guys already pinned and you know, you're going to pin. 
you know, just made it a lot easier, I guess you could say. Wow. So by the so so going out there uh, in your finals match, I mean, you probably had already won that match. You know, like the, yeah. the, the match was over. You just had to wrestle it, basically. Yeah, and it's funny you said that because um, in the tunnels before I even wrestled my finals match, uh, Pete Bush comes up to me and um, he's like, "Hey, you know, like you already won, basically. Like he's like, you want to be on this team?" And I was like, "Oh, I mean, yeah, I guess." And it was for the Dapper Dan. Mm, yeah yeah and so i was like yeah sure i'll be on a team he's like all right go out there and do what you're supposed to do and then after that talk i was kind of just like does everybody know what's like this is like how it's gonna go like is am i the only one i'm not the only one you know i thought Mm -hmm. i was thinking like oh people think i'm cocky and this and that but no you know years later and you know whatever uh, everyone i've always talked to is just like yeah dude we knew there was gonna be not even a chance that you were gonna lose that match and um and it wasn't against a bad wrestler. Right, right. right. Jordan Baumler is a great wrestler, and he was yeah. the returning state champ, and I believe he was 17th nationally. Like, he was no slouch. And, yeah. you know, I just, I think I think he did not have that, that chip on his shoulder like I did that year, you know, and that was the difference. Yeah. Uh, what's it like wrestling like that where you're so confident? Man, like, it's feel it's, free. Like, do you feel just like, you know, it's it, the only way to really, for me to describe it is I'm just having fun. Right. So, um, you know, if I always have told myself, if I'm not having fun, I'm not wrestling at my best mm-hmm. as you know, when you are having fun and, and, you know, when you're nervous, I don't care what match I've wrestled, I get nervous in and it's, it's I love it. I love that feeling because the moment I stop getting nervous for a match, it shows I don't care anymore. Right. Um, you know, being nervous and having the butterflies just shows you care. Like you're and and for me it was I turned those nerves into excitement, right? So I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't look at it like, oh my gosh, uh my you know, I gotta wrestle, whatever, blah, 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 blah. It was hey, like I'm really excited to get out here and wrestle. And um, you know, it's a hard thing to continuously replicate Mm -hmm. Um, you know the guys who are consistently at the top those guys have found a way to continuously replicate that feeling and that excitement Mm -hmm. and it's something that i've struggled with all my life you know you have your ups you have your downs but um you know even this year this last year and at Rutgers, I, i i started to have a lot of fun you know i started to really feel that past feeling of just excitement right excitement to win excitement to go out there and not be afraid to lose because hey i'm already here right i'm already at this level like i've i've gotten rid of there's what's after this you know i don't need to worry about what's after this i just need to worry about this Mm -hmm. um and i had a great year because of it yeah um i'd love to talk more about that year but first um you said that before you beat Francis Dugan, you were sitting there thinking you were going to go to Loris. You know, when did Iowa Central sort of pop into the picture? Well, it's a funny story. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we'll kick it back. Uh, I was talking to some D1s after season during the rest mm-hmm. of the season after that match. And, um, you know, I was thinking like, dude, I'm top 10 top five in the country like i'm definitely going d1 like i am that guy and 
come to find out, uh, you know, I was thinking I was going to South South Dakota State when Bono and Reader were still there. Yep. <laughs> and uh, you know, we get on the plane and there's some word that they're leaving. You know, one of my good friends, Zach Price, was on that team for a few years. Mm-hmm. And he uh he kind of texts us, he's like, yo, coaches are bringing us for a meeting. It's really weird. They're not telling anybody what's going on. We get off the plane and it's all over. Bono reader to Wisconsin. And I was like, oh, crap. Mm-hmm. And my grades are bad. There's no getting around it. My grades were pretty horrible. And um, the funny part comes when uh, coach Kyle kiss, right. Uh, he was at Clarion at the time he had reached out to me and was like, dude, you're not going D one. And I was like, aren't you supposed to be recruiting me? Mm-hmm. He's like, you can't go to one. He's like, your grades are so bad. And I was really? like, yeah. And I'm sitting there like, man, this guy's supposed to be buttering me up. Like yeah. making me feel good. And, um, and he eventually, by the time I got to Rutgers, he was a coach. He was one of my coaches at Rutgers for the last, <laughs> for the last few years. So it's, it's funny how it works out, but yeah. I remember him telling me that. And then, um, where was I? Oh, Troy Bennett, the assistant wrestling coach at Iowa Central was on that flight with us. He was one of the coaches of the Dapper Dan team. And he was like, oh, you're going to Iowa Central. You're going to Iowa Central. I'm going to get you. And I'm like, yeah, right, dude. I'm D1 all the way. You know, mm-hmm. we land off that plane and, I, and it hit me. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to go to Juco. And at first I was really scared. Like, oh, I know the rap Juco kids have. And, you know, it's it's a whole it's horrible how Juco kids are looked at. Like fact of the matter is I had a lot of things going on in my life, a lot of loss and a lot of change and, you know, didn't power through it as fast as I need, as early as I needed to. And I had bad grades and it is what it is. And Mm -hmm. when I finally accepted that Iowa central call and was like, yeah, like, let me come check it out and see it. And I went, took a visit and, you know, got a great offer to go there. And it was like, you know what? I need to, this is a stepping stone I need to take. You know, I was horrible in the classroom in high school. I was, I was worried about how I do in college and, and it ended up playing out perfect, right? I loved college in the classroom at Iowa central. I had perfect attendance. You know, I had like a 3.5 GPA, I believe. And it was like, I loved it. I'm not stuck in a desk for eight hours straight. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a better learning environment for someone like me. Who's just always bouncing off the rails and I always got to be doing something and mm-hmm. uh, it played perfectly into my plan. And, you know, I, I told the coaches, Hey, I'm going to redshirt my freshman year. I'll win you a national title. The second one. And they were super hesitant, obviously, you know, it's like you're a kid. You're not going to tell us what to do. And here mm-hmm. I am like, Hey, if you want me, this is the only way I'm going here. And it, it played out a little funky just because that first year I was, I actually got a lot smaller just because of how they work out and how hard it is. And that, that training schedule, um, I was actually down to about two or five at one point, my freshman really? year, and I refused to go 97. I told <laughs> them I will die before I go to 97. <laughs> I said, I'm a heavyweight and I knew I was. And then, you know, that year gets over and had a lot of eyes on me at that point. Right. Hey, you got the world looking at you like you redshirted your freshman year at a JUCO. You better do something crazy. And then 
and the rest is history with that year. You know, I, I stomped everybody. I had one loss to Carter Isley, who was, I think, 12th in the country at the time. And it was, mm-hmm. I think, a two-to-one match. Like, it was a very close match. And um, that was my only loss during the whole season. You know, I started the rankings super low that year and just shot right up after I finally saw some better guys. I beat the number one twice throughout the year. Um, my nationals tournament went awesome, right? Pinned my four, first four guys of the tournament in like three minutes and 20 seconds. Um, had a good finals match with the eventual Division Two national champ, uh, Debo. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, Mason. yep. Yep. Daryl Mason. So, um, great kid, great competitor. We wrestled like, I want to say four or five times in the last two months of season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it started off with me just pinning him, tacking him major, and he just closed the gap by the national finals. And I only won like, I think I won four to zero, but it was just a completely controlled match to my game plan, exactly what we wanted to do. Right. He's, He's he's got some tricks up his sleeve, so we mm-hmm. had to wrestle yeah. a little safe. You know, I'm, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm pretty I'm a pretty confident guy out there, but man, that kid that kid had some hips on him, and it was a little frightening. Mm-hmm. Gosh, so what, what was it about high school? Was it just that you were sitting in the classroom and it was kind of mundane and oh my gosh, over and over again, and eight classes a day or whatever? You know, yeah, I just I've never the same reason why I even got into wrestling. Right, I could never sit still. Yeah. I can never just sit here and just, you know, t- I can't take notes for eight hours a day. I just can't do it. I have to be doing something more than that, or I need a break. Right. I, it's like, oh yeah, you get a break. You get a 30 minute lunch. Like, what's that going to do for me? Right. You know? And then, um, you know, that was a big part of it. I just wasn't mature enough to really like, Hey, knock it off, focus, focus on this. Like you ha- this is mandatory. If you want to be at that X level and um, learn my West lesson the hard way a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, you know, it worked out well, it worked out. And I'm, I'm very glad and proud that I went to Iowa central. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of guys get frightened by that Juco route when arguably it's a better route. You know, it's an it eases you into college. You get college competition, right? You can get a collegiate national title out of it. You get a degree out of it and you can still have plenty of eligibility at the next level. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I since then have always been grateful for going to a Juco and, um, you know, all these kids that I coach at camps and, and be a clinician to, and all these things, I tell them all the time, like, Hey man, if you want to wrestle in college and you're thinking about doing anything, I would recommend going to a JUCO even before like a division three or division two, right? You can get money, you can get a two-year degree, and then you can still go to a D2 or D3 after, right? Mm-hmm. You can still do that. Like it's still an option, but so is D1 now and a real, real option if you do really well. So it's, I think it's a, a, arguably a better doorway into a higher level of wrestling. Yeah, for sure. I hundred percent agree. hundred percent. And you know, some people, aren't ready a hundred percent for that big commitment it takes at a D one program, or even like a D two or D three, not saying it takes less of a commitment at Juco, but um, it can be just a taller task at a, at a division one program. Yeah. Uh, and you know, there's, there's a lot of guys who I know, you know, were really good out of, out of high school and went to D one and it just, they weren't ready yet, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, 
I think that's a hard thing, hard decision for a kid to make. Right. right. I mean, you're 18, 19, you're still a kid. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's a hard life choice to make. Like I can go D one, but like, am I ready to go D one? And it's a lot of positions. Some, a lot of kids don't think about, and that's, you know, you see three, four times state champs go to division one and then they're out in a year. Mm-hmm. Right. And they end up at a JUCO anyway. And it's like, well, imagine if you just did this first. Right. Right. Imagine if you just did this first and like took that step back. And it's not their fault. They're kids. And, right. Um, I was just blessed enough to have the people around me understand, like, hey, JUCO is a better route for you. And took a lot of convincing for me because mm-hmm. at the time I was on my high horse, you know, my ego is big. I was confident. And um I'm thankful though. I'm very thankful that, that those people pushed me in that direction. Yeah. So your coaches after your redshirt year did tell you that, all right, now is the year you're going to have a lot of pressure. Did you see it that way? Did you feel a lot of pressure going into that year? A little bit at first, right? Yeah. First year is an actual heavyweight. Like I was big. I didn't have a backup. It was going to be me the whole year. Like there was no, I was in a corner like, Hey, (laughs) make or break right now. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we, we go to the, this open right away in the year, the Iowa state open or whatever it is. The first one in the season, we go there, beat up everybody wrestled two to one match with Carter Isley. I knew I was like, if I'm having this close of a match with the top 15 guy in division one, I will have zero problem with Juco kids. Mm-hmm. And it's a little, it's a little hypocr- hypocritic of me to say, just because like, you know, it's a horrible outlook to have like, Oh, if I did this against the D one guy, Juco guys can't do that to me. And I said, always the the facts, but for me, it was like, I was training so hard, right? Mm-hmm. I was up at five 30 lifting every day, hitting school all morning and afternoon, hitting practice at night. Like I was just doing everything right. And, um, I was fortunate enough to live in my apartment with, you know, the only other two all Americans we had that year, which, which says a lot, right? We are all on that same page of, Hey, we want to be better than just Juco guys. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of them was Ashton Eiler. He was a finalist and a third placer at Juco's, wrestled for Lock Haven the last few years, national qualifier. Awesome kid, heck of a wrestler. The other one was Jacquez Bostic. He's a Division Three national qualifier, regional champ. He's coming off a red shirt year. Like he's going to do great things this year. So, um, you know, really for me, it was right after that first open, that was the perfect amount of momentum I needed to be like, all right. Yeah. Like this is going to be another like senior year of high school situation, maybe better because mm-hmm. I, I was bigger. My wrestling ability was a lot higher. I'd learned so much in that red shirt year. I wrestled a ton of matches against a lot of great guys. Um, There's just a lot of growth over that freshman year period. Yeah. And so how much were you weighing that year? Cause you said the year before you were like at two Oh five. Yeah. So hit the weights heavy, right? Mm-hmm started eating a ton, got up to, I want to say like 240, 245 and maintained that for a majority of the year. I think at nationals, I wrestled at 235, mm-hmm. which was a little, a little light for what I wanted to be, especially mm-hmm. going up against Debo, right? He's all of 285. You know, that's a lot of my opponents that I wrestled there were all of 285. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but you know, I was, I was so strong and so fast and I was so conditioned that it, that was my edge, right? I didn't need to be super heavy because I could outpace in and outstrength these guys, even though I was a lighter guy. Yeah. How'd you, how'd you wrestle like that? I mean, you wrestling guys, like, first off, let me ask you this. How did you keep the weight up? It's easy to be like, yeah, I just ate a bunch and I lifted weights like and I stayed like and I gained weight. I mean, it's not like that easy. Yeah. I mean, let's uh, a good way to look at it, too, is like I was only, you know, probably in the year three of puberty. So I was still growing. Right. I was still Mm -hmm. kind of going through like later ends of puberty there where I was still able to really grow a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I was really skinny coming into college um, or that after that freshman year, I was pretty skinny when I was down at 205. I was just like a a twig. Right. Um, So for me, it was once again, it's one of those situations where I was just I got lucky. I got lucky kind of, you know, I was still growing and filling in. And even as of late, you know last year I was still growing and it's like, you know, over the last five, over the last, let's go seven. Yeah. Over the last like seven years, you know, I've seven, eight years, I've grown almost a full foot. Right. I've put on over a hundred pounds. Like I just got lucky with genetics and I filled out really, really well. Mm -hmm. But you also worked really hard. I did work really, really really hard as well. And that's like, as far as that goes, you know, oh, I ate a lot. When I talk, I eat a lot. I'm eating eight to 10,000 calories a day, right? Lifting twice a day while Mm -hmm. wrestling. Like there's a lot that goes into it. A lot, a lot of, a lot of mental training too. You know, that's a, that's probably one of the biggest things is, you know, people, oh, it's easy to be a heavyweight and put on weight. And I'm like, all right, go ahead, go eat 10,000 calories a day while working out and doing schoolwork and hanging out with your friends. And then let me know how that goes. Mm -hmm. Let me know how easy it really is. Mm -hmm. It gets to the point where you look at your next meal and you're like about to puke, just thinking of just, you smell it and you like gag almost like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, this is horrible. I really don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of been, (laughs) it's been a big challenge. A big hurdle for me is, is retaining this size. Um, it's, it's a workout in itself, right? It's a, it's a discipline and, um, you know, eating this much and doing it consistently, you know, you miss one day, you could be down five, six pounds. Like it's just, it's just how it goes. And so it's, it's very, uh, <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? It's yeah. a, it's a dedication, right? Yeah. It's a, a very yeah. dedicated driven thing. Like I have to do it. Otherwise I won't be that guy. Yeah. Well, we're not supposed to eat eight to 10,000 calories a day. You know, obviously like, yeah, literally, I think my wife looked it up the other day, like for, for men, it's like between 18 and 25 or something like that. 2,500. Yeah. Like, yeah. And you know, for me, that's, what? that's one meal, right? Like, <laughs> like, like that's my normal meal is right around 2000, 2,500 calories. So it's like, took me many, many years to be able to do it like it's not something you can just oh i'm gonna eat ten thousand calories every day for the rest of my life like you can't just do that you know start small goals right okay i'm gonna eat five thousand calories and then Mm -hmm. maybe in a month i'm gonna eat six thousand you just keep going and leveling it up and eventually your mind is a little bit stronger and your stomach is a little bit stretchier and (laughs) you can do it yeah what so what does your diet consist of then like what are you eating for those eight to ten thousand calories 
a lot. <laughs> um, you know, it's usually mandatory. Like uh, every morning breakfast is a dozen eggs, right? Dozen. I usually do a dozen scrambled eggs with a dozen with uh, Yep. With wow. uh, like peppers, onions, mushrooms, right? And when I cook, I cook good. I'm not going to just <laughs> be miserable if I have to eat this much. Mm. So it'll consist of that with some French toast and some uh, pork sausage. And then that's my first meal. Second meal is usually two to three burgers with like some vegetables and like a potato. Right. And then the third meal is usually my post lift meal. And that's usually pasta, right? A heaping ton of carbs. Um, and then maybe some chicken or even some ground beef, right? Just some sort of protein source. And then my last meal of the night is arguably my least favorite, but my best meal, if you could say. Mm-hmm. I go so simple. I go protein smoothie, ice cream, couple peanut butter sandwiches, mm-hmm. and you know, it's whatever else, like a snack. It's not even like that's my filler meal almost because those other ones I get right around 2,500 to 3,000 per. Wow. And how'd you get, find this in your routine or how'd you get this meal prep, if you will, down? Like, where'd you figure this out at? Yeah. Um, trial and error, right? Really? Uh, you, it sounds so hard, but it's not. Like it is, but it isn't. If it's like one of those things where it's doable, right? When you know what the calories of things are. So, like, take let's say a pound of of ground beef, a brown ground beef, for example, right? You're looking at depending on what fat percentage you're looking at, right? It's usually around eleven to twelve hundred calories in just a pound. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, well, if I can eat two pounds a day, I'm at twenty, you know, twenty four hundred calories just like mm-hmm. that so it's like okay now i do a dozen eggs all right we're sitting at right around the thousand for that with the sausage it's that's another like 700 onto it like it adds up so quick when you like really boil it down um it carbs too like noodles are just mm-hmm. like insane calorie count like it is ridiculous <laughs> how many calories are in them there's also things that you don't really think like oh i'll be fine like let me get a, a pizza from little Caesars. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a great example I can use. Cause that was one of the first things I realized, like, okay, I can eat a pizza, a full large pizza by myself as a meal. And like, how many calories is that really? And like, you can, let's use little Caesars for an example, right? If you get like their three or five meat, right. Meat lovers one, mm-hmm. like 10 or 11 bucks. So it's not bad. Mm-hmm. And it's 3000 calories. Like for someone like me, who's like used to eating that much, it's like, oh my God, I can crush a pizza by myself. Like it's not even an issue, <laughs> right? I've, I've done it for so long at this point. Like when I'm ordering, when my family's, you know, oh, we're going to order pizza in for the night. Like, okay, Boone gets his own. Like, that's just like a known fact at this point. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so it's things like that. Like <clears throat> some of these things, you don't realize how many calories are really in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, ice cream, get a large blizzard from Dairy Queen. You're looking at 12, 1300 calories. Like in it, I'm not looking for great calories here. I'm looking for calorie. I don't care mm-hmm. what's in it, right? Anything, anything I can do to put my body and get bigger, I'm going to do it. Really? Wow. And so how's that differ then from like a tournament? <sighs> Ooh, well, I'm, I'm actually the opposite at tournaments. I hate eating after really? I wrestle. 
I yeah. hate it, but uh, did a really good job this year at it. Right. Get off the mat. I'm looking at, uh, I want some fruit, no matter what, a lot of fruit, um, some, some sugar, right. Whether it be some Skittles or some candy of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get both my natural and my fake sugar. Right? I just need a sugar boost because I lose quite a bit in those one, one seven minute match. I lose way too much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ton of water, ton of Gatorade, ton of Pedialyte, and then rocking peanut butter or turkey sandwiches the whole day peanut butter or or peanut butter and turkey no, sandwich. or or okay yeah no <laughs> i could not do both and then obviously like protein bars and stuff yeah. yeah um wow yeah i mean the life of a heavyweight you know there's a reason why you know i think of just offensive linemen there's a reason why after the nfl they drop so much weight you know yeah because they're not feeding themselves yeah ten thousand calories a day to stay up at the weight that you're at, you know, and they're, they're trying to be 300 pounds. Yeah. I mean, thing is too, is like a wrestling workout. Like I'll lose 10, 12 pounds on average. Yeah. So it's and obviously a lot of that's water. So like even mm-hmm. my water intake during, you know, middle of season, I'm at like gallon and a half, two gallons of water a day. Cause yeah. I'll lose, I'll lose seven pounds of water, eight pounds of water in practice. So it's like, mm-hmm. that's another really hard thing is drinking water. Yeah. You know, these little guys think they got it rough. No, try and force water down your throat and tell me how well it goes. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, so after your your career at Iowa Central, how was the recruiting process then like versus, you know, compared to coming out of high school? Were you just more prepared or, you know, was it just easier? Yeah. Yeah, no, a hundred percent, hundred percent easier. You know, I kind of had to look into it. I kind of knew a little bit more around it. Um, I wasn't as free as afraid to negotiate, right? Like, Hey, like I know what I'm worth. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, I think Intermet had me plagued as their number one, you know, college recruit at the heavyweight level period coming mm-hmm. that year. And it was like, um, you know, I, I knew I was in a good spot and I knew my stock was high and, um, you know, there's schools reaching out. Oh, Hey, you know, we'll give you your books. And I'm like, yeah, okay. See ya. (laughs) Like not to be, not to, not to be like rude, but at the same time, like don't bring a knife to a gunfight. Like, (laughs) yeah. Like, like, you know, I've got a 3.5 GPA, a college degree, perfect attendance and a Juco national title that I stormed through. Like I, I know what I'm worth. And Mm -hmm. if you're going to come at me and play childish games, you're going to get childish responses. Um, and so it was like, I had a lot of really good schools reaching out and I kind of, I kind of got screwed a little bit during that recruiting phase because of COVID. Um, I was yeah. only able to take like two visits and wow. thankfully, you know, one of them was Rutgers and it's funny, actually at the time I'd taken a visit to Oregon state as well. Huh. And they were one of my top schools and, you know, it was kind of them, them and Rutgers at the time. And then like, probably a week before Juco's Juco nationals everywhere. Zaleski's out at Oregon States, all the, all the coaching staff is. And then, you know, a week later, Pendleton's in, um, mm-hmm. you know, the timing just wasn't great on it. I couldn't meet him. I couldn't visit again to have a real sit down and get the feel out. And same for him. You know, he, he couldn't really see who I was, whereas Oregon, you know, Zaleski and Meeks and those guys had a ton of time to chat with me every day. Right. And, and do all this recruiting. Whereas 
my timeline was dwindling down, right? Got to make a decision soon after Juco Nationals, right? COVID was hitting, can't take any visits. And, um, you know, in the end, it just, it just worked out better for me to go to Rutgers. Dang. So coming out of high school, you're going potentially South Dakota State coaching change, you know, yeah. after, you know, at Iowa Central. All right. Looking at Oregon State coaching change. Man, yeah. that really throws you for a loop. I bet, man. Like it's it's a little it's a little heartbreaking. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you get so excited. And especially someone like me, like when I when I put myself myself into something, I really I really do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um so for it to happen, not only once, but twice, that was, mm-hmm. that was rough. And it was right before Juco's too. So it kind of messed with me a little bit, and, um, you know, but at the same time, I was great coaching staff at Iowa. So just like, Hey, like, don't even worry about that right now. Like you have three other big 10 schools talking to you. You have three other big 12s, like you have all these opportunities that are reaching out. Like this is, should be the last of your worries just wrestle. And I, thankfully they told me that. Cause I was obviously like, Oh man, like what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> and it was, yeah. Um, it's definitely, it's definitely a little heartbreaking. You know, it's like somewhere where you kind of really want to go. Can't go anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's out of your control. Yeah. But um, thankful that I had the opportunity at Rutgers, you know, that's, phenomenal school phenomenal wrestling community and and base out there the coaches and team are phenomenal as well as the staff like i could not have picked a better school for me at the time yeah how did how did that you end up there really besides um, you know, aside from oregon state going through a coaching change yeah so i went uh, kind of towards the end of the middle of the season um, I had taken out the number one guy a couple times by like a margin. You know, I think I majored him the first time, like 12, one, and then I pinned him the second time. Um, so at that point I was the number one guy and, um, you know, we had Richie Lewis come through the program yeah. right, and some other New Jersey guys come through the program. And so we had ties to, to Rutgers and, you know, Donnie Pritzloff was, was good friends with the head coach, Luke Moffitt. And, um, just kind of started chatting about me. I ended up taking a visit in February there. Um, loved my visit, right? Loved it. It was awesome. And um, just the way things played out, it, it worked out. Per- it worked out perfect. You know, for me, I, I'll never be upset at the decisions I've made because um, mm-hmm. they've they've all been what I wanted, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I I got a degree from Rutgers. I put together a great couple seasons there. Um, built a lot of great relationships and ties out there that I'll forever have. Um, it was a really good decision. Mm-hmm. It seems like you became a fan favorite there. You know, what What was it about you, you think, that the fans of Rutgers just sort of gravitated towards and just look forward to you, you wrestling and cheering for you? Yeah. Um, you know, first year there was weird. I don't even really like talking about that first year. It was just so hard and such a tough transition, especially with all the COVID restrictions. I think we only wrestled like five duels that year, like mm-hmm. rough year, skip forward to the next, my second year there. I come in with this kick-ass mullet, right? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. start, I start winning some bigger matches, you know, I'm, I'm a great showman at that. And, um, 
it just it just happened how it happened right i i i love to put on a show when i wrestle and for all those people out there to welcome me in right from the get-go it was i felt so welcomed and and i was elated to to have that support system immediately because that's a that's a tough transition right you know little iowa boy out to new jersey at a at a state institution like i know nobody there Mm -hmm. you know I i don't even know anybody in the surrounding states like and then on top of that juco to big 10 you know it's just felt really awesome to to build up that that image for the the fans and my team and my coaches and um you know it only got better at the longer i was there yeah uh, what was the transition like going from juco to big 10 was it a little easier because you had that juco background a little bit because of the competition you were facing yes and no yeah. I, I thought like, Hey, like this is going to be a piece of cake. And it was not, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was not, it was, it was really, really hard. And mm-hmm. I second guessed myself a lot that first year and I did not do things right by any means. I actually did most things wrong and um, I didn't adapt well, thankfully, like kind of got my head out of my, my back kind and, mm-hmm. you know, got a little bit more focused as the years went on and, you know, that's a level that it's hard to just break through, right? It's hard to just show up and do great right off the bat. You know, there's only really a few select guys in the entire country that have done that. And I was not one of them, <laughs> which is, you know, the other 99%. So it's yeah. like, um, you know, it takes time, especially, you know, being in the big 10, it's without a doubt the hardest conference, especially at yeah. heavyweight over the last few years. Um, like that's took me a little bit, mm-hmm. <laughs> me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And what's it like wrestling? I mean, heavyweight being where you could wrestle somebody who's 280 one day or 285. And then very next day, or, you know, hypothetically Friday, Sunday duels, wrestle a guy who's 230. It's, it was, it was a hill, you know, for sure. That was kind of, after my second year, that was something we really sat down and discussed um, that I sat down and discussed with the coaching staff, right. Was, Hey, we're not, we're not doing what we set out to do. What do we have to change? And at the end of the day, it boiled down to me just not being big enough. Um, You know, I, I worked really, really hard uh, last year's off season and put on a ton of size and a ton of weight. And it was like, probably the hardest thing I've had to do in my life in terms of, you know, the sport of wrestling. Um, It was, it was horrible, but I came in feeling like a stud, right? Mm -hmm. I came in, you know, this last season at like 265, 270 up from, up from like 230, 225 um, the season prior. And it was like, I could finally hang with these guys just because I was big enough. Right. Um, and it, and it was awesome, right? Naturally, I lose quite a bit of weight during the season just because you shave off the fat that you put on, right? And, uh, you know, I, I ended up at, out of the season this year on around 245, 250. So it was like lost a good amount of weight, but over eight months, like mm-hmm. it's going to happen. You know, it's impossible with that level of activity that I was doing to retain every ounce of weight. Right. And then, you you know, you mentioned it a little earlier, you dealt with some injuries this year. Um, how, how tough was that sort of to navigate wrestling a big 10 schedule with injuries that you were dealing with? 
yeah um it was really hard yeah. uh mentally more than anything just cuz i knew the obligation i had to myself to be great for this team for that team and um you know i had a great first half of the season right yeah, yeah. I had a phenomenal first half of the season i was so excited to go through the big 10 schedule and and really do a lot of damage to these guys because i finally felt like i was at that level where hey i can compete with these top 5 guys like i can i can i can get there i'm there and um a week before big 10 schedule starts i pop my mcl um i think i had a grade 2 mcl sprain or tear or whatever and you know that put me out for like a month and it was horrible sitting back every weekend watching you know my team go out there without me and um not be able to have me as their closer was definitely a big thing that that affected my my mind and um obviously there's a lot of things you can't do when you have a pretty bad knee injury um mm-hmm. as far as lifting goes and um so i lost a lot of weight then and it was it was a tough road to recovery on that one um mm-hmm. it was something that i didn't really ever think would happen. I've never been a guy that really suffered injuries ever. Um, I've always been super healthy and just kind of, that's how I know I'm getting old, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how I know I'm getting, getting old and, um, you know, came back and I don't know it was the first duel I was back in. I don't even remember Maryland. I think, yeah, Maryland, I faced, uh, Jaron Smith. I think at the time I was like 20th and he was like 25th or 27th in the country. Um, went out there and beat him. And I was so excited, right? This is a kid who's really good at keeping matches close. Like he's very explosive and flashy. Like uh, my knee is still not even anywhere ready to go. I think I was back in like three and a half weeks. Right. Which for that injury, our, our doctor told me like, Hey, you're out for like six to eight weeks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nah, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, came back for that one, um, was under the weather for a couple duels after couldn't wrestle. I think I finished off my last duel majoring the Nebraska kid. Um, and then, you know, big tens rolls around and we're feeling good. Mm-hmm. I was feeling pretty good and I was pretty excited. Like, Hey, I'm starting to kind of get that feeling back. Like, all right, I'm ready to go. Um, you know, won a good match, um, in the first round against the Minnesota kid. Um, you know, that kid's kind of gas tank and a half Mm -hmm. on him. (laughs) Um, you know, and it's, I expected that match to not be a blowout by any means, you know, someone like that, you have to assume they're training with Gable right. Who's in and out of the room up there. So, um, Hey, this guy's going to come at me and, uh, you know, won that match. I think I had, uh, Cassiope after that, he got a takedown. I got an escape right at the end of the first period. He gets double unders and it was kind of a, okay, if I don't try to throw him, I am getting planted on my back. Mm -hmm. Um, went for it, almost got it with double overs. Didn't get it. Got stuck. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, not great. Right. Um, on the backside now beat the, beat the Michigan state kid, uh, pretty handedly. And then, uh, I'm going against Tate Orndorff the next match. Going into the second period, I'm up 2-1. I choose bottom. I Gramby roll. His knee lands on my nose, shatters it. Uh. I came up into the reversal, started calling blood time. They waited like 
10 seconds, 15 seconds. So I got reversed, but I didn't care. Like I'm leaking blood at this point and I knew it was broken. I was pretty, I was pretty fired up at that point. Cause mm-hmm. I was, I was beating a good guy. Right. I was up four one and it was like, Hey, this is, I'm here. Like I f- mm-hmm. was feeling that, that, you know, momentum. And, um, that put me out for the rest of big tens and man coming off of that one was tough. Right. That's, that's a hard one to deal with wearing a mask when you wrestle. Um, wish there was more time for me to get used to and adjusted to training with it. Cause mm-hmm. the thing sucks. <laughs> I can't believe people like win with it on. Yeah. Like I was claustrophobic in it. You can only mm-hmm. see what's right in front of you. Cause your peripherals are blocked everyone's grabbing it the whole time and first round of nationals it's you know i got lucas davison a big 10 guy go figure yeah. right right someone who i've not fared well against in the past and wrestled well you know i mean i got to his legs a few times just didn't finish put myself on my back at one point like didn't wrestle well and then the match after that just kind of kind of was feeling sorry for myself a little bit and took the mask off. And within the first like five seconds, I get hit in the nose. And it was like, it was just a really bad situation for me. I'm not going to make excuses. I wrestled like a little, I wrestled like a baby, you Mm -hmm. know, I should have just, I should have figured it out. Right. That's something Mm -hmm. that there's no room for error in that tournament by any means. And I, I made multiple errors and get better from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, one one thing you mentioned to me that, or one thing you just said that I, you don't even think about, you don't even think about if you're a casual fan, you got hurt and now you're not able to lift weights and keep weight on like you're normally used to. So like getting hurt as a heavyweight could be almost not only is it catastrophic with the injury, but also like, you're going to lose weight. You can't yeah. work out. I mean, no, all I, you do is yeah. just eat. <laughs> and I, and I did, you know, I lost, I want to say like eight or eight or 10 pounds, like in that wow. month that I was off because and I lost all the, I lost the size of my legs. I couldn't squat, like, yeah. I couldn't squat, couldn't deadlift. My bench got up really high. I was really good <laughs> at benching, hey. but like, you know, what, in what wrestling position do you use, you know, a bench move? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it was just, it sucked, but, mm-hmm. um, once again, I've never been really that guy like, you know, oh, well, this, this and this happened. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to feel sorry for myself. You know, I, I whatever happened, happened. And yep. I've, I've learned a lot from it. I've grown mm-hmm. a lot from it already. And, you know, I'm already better prepared this season mentally. Like, hey, if I get an injury, I'm ready for it this time. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I know immediately what I have to do. I know how I have to handle it mentally and physically. Um, you know, I'm I'm always growing and learning in the sport you'll never stop that's kind of the best part of it um even these high level guys right yeah who was it david taylor right remember that year towards towards acl or whatever mm-hmm. like had to have surgery like that's a really hard one i've never had that happen and he came back from that way better at wrestling right so mm-hmm. i think that's the big thing about this sport is it's not always your competition's results it's how you react to adversity and you know push push through the 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 lows to to reach the highs Mm -hmm. yeah so then coming off your your year at Rutgers um you know yeah now you're at Oregon State what how did that transition sort of happen uh yeah you know I'm I I don't really like talking about it 
um, just because it's hard to talk about in a positive way um, from my standpoint, right? I love Rutgers so much and I created such a good life for myself out there and um, got really tight with a lot of families and even my coaches and my team and the community. And um, it was a really hard decision for me. Mm -hmm. I had graduated, right? I have a degree. Um, I had finished my contract out there and um, at the end of the day, I, I wanted to transfer to try something different, if that makes sense, but yeah. like in the best way, right. I wanted yeah. to give myself uh, a better opportunity for my last year of wrestling. Um, I actually contemplated it pretty seriously, uh, hanging it up after this year. And, um, that was kind of something that was like, didn't sit right with me. Um, I've always been the guy like, Oh, I'm, I'll always take that extra year. Right. And then kind of getting through that year and the injuries and just did my training situation. And I was like, man, I don't really want to wrestle another year. And I knew something was wrong and um, nothing wrong with on their part. Right. Right. I absolutely adore the coaches. I love those guys. I love the team. I love every bit of Rutgers wrestling. I'll be the biggest supporter until I'm dead. Like, you know, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's going to be my team for like the end of time. And, uh, you know, I think, I think they understood where I was coming from when I, when I had that meeting with them. And, um, you know, as far as I know, there's no bad blood. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of a, a life, a life decision that I felt like I needed to make for myself. Yeah. Hey, and, and you know, nobody, nobody can argue with that. You know, like, you know, yourself best, you know, what you think is best for you. And yeah, if, if it was time to move on, then so be it. <laughs> like, exactly. You know, Hey, all love, all love, yeah. but just, yeah, and, I just, I don't know, you know? Yeah. And, it, and that's kind of what it was, you know, yeah. it was, it was uh, I don't want to say anyone saw it coming, but I think, I think people had an idea like, Hey, Boone's either going to retire. He's going to leave like mm-hmm. for himself. And, you yeah. know, I'm so happy for them that they picked up Yaroslav. Right. I think he's going to yeah. be awesome there. He's got a couple years of eligibility left. Like, wish them all the best of luck with mm-hmm. him. I'm so happy that they got somebody. Cause that's the last thing I ever wanted to do was, put them in a position where they didn't have a, a great heavyweight. Right. Yeah. And uh, so I'm, I'm super stoked for them to get yeah. a, another good heavyweight. Right. Um, and I think it's going to be a fun year. <laughs> I, yeah. think it's, I think we'll see. Uh, I think they got a great team. Um, but I also think now I have a great team as well. Right. I think I joined into a program that, you know, Pendleton and Engel and Roden and Crooks have just done an awesome job at developing. Yeah. You know, he's only been there a few years and man, he has taken that program up mm-hmm. and uh, I'm really excited to be a part of it. Yeah. Hey, you know, um, sometimes you leave and, and it's okay. Like just because you leave doesn't mean you left because of a bad reason or there's a bad taste or there's animal. Like sometimes you just, it's okay. Yeah. You know? And it's, it's <laughs> kind of refreshing that you have that viewpoint. Cause a lot of people don't, right. Mm-hmm. I would actually say the majority after I, I hit the portal was like, Oh my God, what happened? Right. Like it was some bad thing that happened. And it's like, it was just my time. Like I just, mm-hmm. I needed a change of scenery for myself mm-hmm. to be the best version of myself mm-hmm. on the mat and off the mat. And you know, there's as far, like I said, as far as I know, there's absolutely no bad blood between me or the coaches. Right. Yeah. It's, 
and same with the team. I still talk to those guys all the time. And um, I've forged some lifelong relationships out there that there's guys I talk to every single day, you know, like those are my guys. So, yeah. Well, and you know, to be honest, you kind of talked about it earlier, how you were thinking about going to Oregon state anyway, <laughs> at the beginning yes. of all this. <laughs> it's, it's, that was a, uh, that was one of the recruiting tactics. I'll tell you that <laughs> was, you know, Hey, like you had, you know, you got recruited by the first staff, you got recruited by this staff again, and then uh, third time is a charm. You have to do it at this point. Um, and it's nice too. you know, my, one of my older brothers lives out in Idaho. So it's, you know, oh, nice. Close. And uh, my younger brother lives out in Arizona. So um, I'll kind of be able to see them a little bit more. I usually only see those guys maybe once a year, just with mm-hmm. my schedule and they're adults. So their schedules are tough too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's nice, you know, good change of scenery. And like they said, third time's the charm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, um, you're going out there and you said that you contemplated hanging it up, which I don't blame you one bit. I've talked to a couple other people. One of them actually did. Um, he was a wrestler from Wyoming. He wrestled at the University of Wyoming and he did not take his extra COVID year. And, you know, a lot of people like you're saying would be like, yes, definitely. Why not? Why wouldn't you? And it's like, well, you don't have to go through the grind. Yeah. I mean, mentally, physically of a collegiate. Yeah. Year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just everything, right? Like, dude, I'm, I'm 24. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm ready to kind of get my life moving here and then get going on with the wheels on that. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And it's like, I would say more than anything kind of hit me that I'm ready for the next step. Right. Like, I'm I'm stoked to be taking this last year. Obviously, if I had right. any doubts in and wanting to do it, I wouldn't have even done it. I wouldn't have even hit the portal, right? I would have just called it, ended a great career, and would have been and I was at the time. I was more than content with what I had accomplished and achieved. A f- fantastic story, right? A great, a great, you know, Cinderella story, if you will. Just yeah. Went through every worst low and dark valley you could get think think of right to get to where i was and um i was very proud of that and you know it i just i gave it you know some time and it just it it ate at me i just couldn't do it you know i was like nah i got i got one more push <laughs> like yes i might leave college at 25 but i can do this mm-hmm. yeah i i love it you know and um, you do have a lot to be proud of though. You should be proud because you do have a lot to be proud of. You know, are, are you able to sort of take that in and, and look at your career and look at yourself and be like, man, I, I have accomplished a lot in this last year, although my last is going to be the, the most fun yet. Yeah. And it's, you know, for, for, uh, you know, a small town kid, right. Yeah. From Dubuque, Iowa, <laughs> you know, Hey, I did pretty good. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I, and I think that was one of the things that kind of made me have that thought of yeah. maybe, maybe calling it quits was, man, I have had an awesome career, right? I've traveled the world. Like I've won state title college national title wrestled in the big 10 was a top 20 guy in division one wrestling. Like I have done it like mm-hmm. not the, so little people can say that they've done that. And it's, mm-hmm. um, and I've really assessed that and learned that, Hey, like it's not over yet. Like I can still 
I still have one more shot to to fulfill it, right? I still mm-hmm. have one more shot to try and get a national title in Division One, and mm-hmm. it's you know something that I I thought really long and hard about, and you know I talked to a, a lot of people about that decision, and yeah. um, at the end of the day, they were all just like, "You do you," you know, like. Hey, the, if you want to call it, we're proud of you. We love you. But if you want to keep going, we're excited. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. And which made me feel really good that they, my support system kind of like, Hey, we'll, we'll ride with you either way. And that was big for me. Right. I was always worried. I'm going to get bad looks from family and community. Yeah. Like, Oh, you still had another year. Why don't you take it? And it was not that at all. Right. It was mm-hmm. nothing but love and support and, and, that alone was just like, all right, I'm taking this last year and I'm going to get it done. Like, I don't, <laughs> why was I being soft? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, now that you're at Oregon state, well, well, uh, one thing I'll mention to you is, um, cause I looked up these numbers cause I had Nate, your assistant coach, Nate Engel on here. Um, the miles that you guys are travel. So last year, Oregon state traveled 17,725 miles. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And so for for comparison, I just went with Penn State because they're on the opposite side of the of the country and saw wanted to see how money that miles they traveled. 5,504. So more than three times as many miles Oregon State traveled. So get ready to uh have a lot of travel time. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's at this point even at Rutgers, like, I don't even know what their number is, but we traveled a lot. Right. Yeah. Like, at one point we went to California this year. Oh, you know? really? I should have yeah. looked that up. Yeah. So wow. it was like, we, we did our fair share of travel mm-hmm. and you know, it's, it's kind of switches every year, right? Sometimes yeah. you just, you get duels that are on the other side of the country and you take, yeah. them. you know, we dueled Stanford and didn't open and um, you know, that's, that's just one duel. Right. Yeah. Um, luckily a lot of our competition is relatively close. So, Mm -hmm. and, um, as far as that goes, though, like that's one thing they don't, they don't prepare you for in Juco or high school is the traveling. Mm -hmm. Holy crap. You know, (laughs) Hey, we're going to go wrestle Penn state on Friday night at Penn state. And then we're going to fly to Wisconsin and wrestle them on Sunday. (laughs) Like it's, it's insane. I remember my first, like. My first actual week of Big Ten matches, my second year at Rutgers, and I just couldn't even believe it. I was like, what? You know, or like one week it was, hey, we're going to Michigan, to Michigan State. We get back for three days, and then we're going to, you know, wherever else, like Indiana, Mm -hmm. Ohio State. And I'm just like, oh, my, oh, my. (laughs) And, uh, but yeah, that's, 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 hey. I'm the big guy. I don't got to work. Traveling isn't hard on me. (laughs) I just, I just got to eat and drink a lot. Plane rides suck. Right. I hate planes. Mm -hmm. I I just don't fit in the seats. Yeah. I'm too big. It's just not, (laughs) it's not fun. But other than that, that's a cool, that's a cool statistic to learn Mm -hmm. there. I'm going to have to shoot a text to the coaches after this. (laughs) I'm going to ask them what they're doing. (laughs) Well, um, as you can probably imagine, if you think about it, the West Coast, the colleges are spread out farther. There's not as much company, especially in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. You know, once you get out east to where, you know, Jersey, New Jersey, where, you know, Rutgers is, there's 
a lot more colleges in that perimeter. Yeah, there. a ton. Yeah, and even then, like, there's all of the rest of them in basically the Midwest. Like, yeah. So it makes sense, but at the same time, it's going to be, uh, yeah, I'm very excited for that. <laughs> well, you know what I'm excited for? I'm just excited for this last, after talking to you, you know, I was already excited, but, you know, being an Iowa guy and from Iowa and just excited, love seeing Iowa guys at the next level. And I'm even more excited to see you in an orange and black singlet. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I mean, I know we had our trouble getting to this, getting to this, but uh, we got here and it's been a blast. I I really appreciate you reaching out. You know, I love talking my story and my journey and, um, you know, especially to people who can appreciate it. Right. I don't like, I don't like talking to people who aren't really interested in it. And uh, it's pretty, pretty cool that the thing you've got going on and I love it. Yeah, no, Hey, I appreciate it. And I'm, I'm a huge supporter of Division one's not the only path. I've talked to numerous guys who have had success, who thought division one was the only way, and then realized that maybe they're not, I don't want to say they're, they were cut out for it, but you know, their journey just led them to a different division and they had success there. Yeah. I just, as the best way that I put it is like, Hey, it's, it is, it's for some guys, right? It is for some guys and it isn't for others. And there's no harm in that. Like the one thing I will say is like, I don't like people that say, well, there's no difference between D1 and D3. Okay. Well, let's be really honest here, right? Mm -hmm. Aaron Brooks is at a whole different level than any wrestler in any division, right? And that's that goes the same for every weight class, right? That number, those top eight guys aren't going to lose to anyone in a division below. Um, But at the same time, I have so much respect to these guys who go division three, division two, NAIA, JUCO, right? Cause those are the warriors, right? Like mm. you're, you can't get an athletic scholarship to go to D two and D three. So if you're doing the, this out of your own pocket, like I have so much respect to you and that just shows like, Hey, they really love this sport. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think there was actually a recent one, uh, Shane Ligel from Loris, who was a national champ a couple of years ago. He actually just transferred to Wisconsin. Oh, right on. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you're just because you go to a D3 doesn't mean you're out of D1. Like, mm-hmm. I know so many of these schools that only wrestle at D1 opens, and it's, dude, like, you get the same exposure, you know? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, guess what? Maybe you don't have to wrestle Aaron Brooks in the national finals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know it's like hey it's really not a bad thing like yeah enjoy it and all the guys i know um that have seen major success at the division two and division three level love it so much and you know there's a couple guys who in the past i've encouraged hey you should go d1 like you are way too good to stay here and they're like honestly man like i love it like i love being a you know division two national champ and being the best like I don't want to have to learn a whole new level of wrestling. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking like, man, you're there. But you know, at the end of the day, if you wrestle after, if you wrestle after high school, you're a stud in my eyes, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And you know, um, if you watch the Juco national finals this year, um, you will actually hear a certain voice broadcasting it. And that was me. Oh, I broadcast. That's so pretty I was, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, so I watched so, uh, I watched Matt Sarbo win yep. a title for Central, and that was pretty yep. sweet. Well, um, it's funny my um, my roommate's gonna be he's the '97 champ from Iowa Western. 
Brett Moe. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Yeah. 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 So the, they got a Juco pipeline out there. I'll tell you that much. I'm excited to be among my brethren now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's going to Oregon State. Yeah. Yep. Right on. Yeah. Yep. Um, Merzo, who got second at 165 from Ellsworth, is at Oklahoma yep. State. Oh, yeah. And I think there's a 25 pounder. I think Jet Strickenberger. I think he's going to West Virginia. I think. I'm yeah, no. That's what uh, a lot of people forget. Like, dude, the top three at JUCO usually goes D1. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like most, most more often than not, the top three guys go D1. You know, I know in my weight class, I went D1. The guy who got third went D1, and Debo won a D2 national title. So he could have went D1. Like, yeah. Like, dude, these, these, Juco is, and it's, it's different every year for every yeah. weight class. But um, I mean, at the end of the day, I think people really forget like, Hey, like <laughs> there's a yeah. lot of really, really talented kids that come out of here. It's just, they had to take that path. Yeah. I think I, cause I, when I, on my broadcast, I wanted to make that point. I was like, well, John Jones, Kane Velasquez, like you said, Richie Lewis. I mean, yeah. well, bad dudes, Colby Covington. Yes. Yeah. Well, those and those are just guys that went to Iowa Central. Yeah, like, yeah. like <laughs> you hear that and you just almost don't like it's a joke. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it's a joke almost. And it's like even then you got Pat Downey went to Iowa Central. Oh yes, I forgot about Pat Downey. Yeah. You got guys, you know, Philip Hawes in the UFC right now who's going crazy on these undercards, knocking everybody out. I think he's like five and zero oh now. Like there's a lot of really, I mean, Brock Lesnar. They just reinstated his program, his former yeah. program. Like, dude, like they did. Yeah, Bismarck. No you know, kidding. Out in North Dakota, they just reinstated it probably like a month or two ago. Wow. Yeah. So I'm excited to see how that plays out. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, when do you uh, head out to out west? Yeah, probably uh, probably the next couple of weeks here, sometime. Right. Um, still locking down a, an apartment and stuff like that. So. Um, excited to get out there and get training though yeah it'll be cool i mean you're going from my brother always talks about how Rutgers has this beautiful campus like it's just so awesome they so, do. now you're going out to oregon state and i'm sure pacific northwest oh, is dude beautiful corvallis is so beautiful it's crazy <laughs> it's nuts it's awesome yeah, yeah. the air the air is like fresh, like your fresh air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so like said, I said, you said you're yeah. from where so I'm from? from. So I'm originally from Monona. I'm from Monona, Iowa. Um, okay. But I graduated from Monticello. Okay. So did you know the Neal family at all? Yeah. Like Garrett Neal. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. So, yeah, so Beth was my, in my grade. Okay, so yeah, we were me and Garrett are actually really good. We went to all the tournaments together back oh, in really? the days, wrestled with each other all the time, traveled together. What? Him and my dad are awesome friends. Yeah, so I'm really tight with those guys. Wow. Yeah, I know that. Wow, cool. Yeah, yeah, he's out at Air Force. He's a cheerleader now, I believe. And yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> something. <laughs> Character. Yeah, I mean, he he hey, he moved what they moved to Colorado, and he yeah. won a won a state title out there. Like he did yeah. everything he set out to do. So yeah. proud of that kid.
Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Boone McDermott, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to comment, rate, and subscribe to the podcast. You can check me out on Twitter, Instagram, and my new Facebook page for more of my content. Don't forget, check out my website at letstalkwrestlingpodcast.my.canva.site. And as always, be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. Take care. See you next time.